Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bubble Hour, where real people tell real stories of addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Jean McCarthy. I write the blog Unpickled, where I've been telling my story of life after alcohol since my very first day over six years ago. I tell my story there, and I invite you to share your stories here. Well, we are living in an exciting era of recovery transformation. People are finding new ways to connect and serve and put their insider perspective on recovery to good use. And such is the case with Eka Recovery, the brainchild of today's guests, Yvette and Nerea, who join us to share their own stories of recovery and how it's led them to this project. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. I'm so glad you joined Hi. us. We had the opportunity to be together uh, at the Recovers event in New York City earlier this year, and wasn't that an amazing experience? Mm. Oh, my God. So, it was our first entry into it, and it was pretty amazing to meet all you guys. Yeah. I, th- so, I think a lot of us that connect over the Internet, you know, we know people are out there, but when you see them all in one room, it's, well, not all, mm-hmm. when you see it, 500 women in one room, it's like, wow. <laughs> wow, this is real. <laughs> we were able um, to give hugs in person instead of virtually. <laughs> yeah, it's not amazing. It fills us up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. Before we get into the story of Eka and what that is, first I'd like to hear each of your stories. So, Nuria, we'll start with you. Tell us about <clears throat> your journey in recovery and um, and how it brought you to today. Yes, Um you know, my journey, it starts a long time ago. I, um, I Underlying so many of my addictions was just a crippling feeling of anxiety. Um, and I used food and drugs and alcohol and sex um, as ways to try and cope with that anxiety. Um, and it turned into a nasty eating disorder with um, anorexia. And um, fast forward, that was in my early teens. I really started bubbling up with all of that. In my early 20s, I finally tackled it and, um, you know, peeled away the layers. The addictions came off and there was the anxiety and then I peeled the anxiety away and found some deep core wounds that needed to be healed. And here we are today, and I'm taking my experience and lifting others up in their journey. How did you heal those wounds? I went through um, an outpatient program in Santa Barbara that was awesome. It was um, mostly focused on the body. Um, relationships to the body so you know of course the eating disorder but um, food and then sex and alcohol also Um, and then I've just been in therapy for like ever (laughs) (laughs) and I continue to work on myself therapeutically and then I started um, teaching yoga also and going through the process of becoming a yoga teacher asked me to really own my pain um, so that I can truly speak to helping others in their journey. 
when people have co-occurring disorders, mm-hmm. sometimes they um, they bounce back and forth. Um, you know, uh, we call it whack-a-mole sometimes, you know, like one thing, mm. one, and when one thing starts to get better, something flares up. So, um, you know, someone who's maybe starting to get control of their alcohol may find that an eating disorder from the past resurfaces. Um, did you, were you able to heal everything simultaneously or did you have to peel those layers back one at a time, as you say? Well, that's such a good question. Um I want to say yes and no. I think the healing was occurring simultaneously, and at the same time, different things required focus, you know, at different times. Just like you said, all of a sudden, all of this body shame and hate would bubble up when I thought I was trying to stop, you know, using drugs to cope with my pain. Mm -hmm. And then that had to be attended to. And then... Maybe a month later, there was another thing popping up. <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of never-ending. And what does recovery look like today for you? Um, what does recovery look like today? I, it's great. Like, I, I don't even really... That person that I was in my early teens and early 20s, I feel so much compassion for her because she had... She was trying to keep it all together. You know, when we're in our addiction and we're going through that process of recovery, we're doing the absolute best we can in that moment, Um, even though our coping mechanisms might be not ideal. I was doing the best I could, and I have so much compassion for her, and I really feel like a different person now. I look Mm -hmm. back and I think, wow. And so recovery today is, it's just, it's great. It's, It's more than I could even have hoped for and imagined. I... I really feel great about myself. Um, I love nourishing and nurturing myself with food. And um, I feel that it's my life's work to help just other women. And it doesn't necessarily mean women always in recovery, but just women, period. I think we're all recovering from something, as she recovers says so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Probably more than we know sometimes, right? I think so. I really think so. Yeah. I think that that is the magic of recovery is that we, you know, we think we start out trying to fix one thing and and then all these uh, more is revealed and we end up way in in a much stronger frame than we ever knew was possible or necessary. I have another question mm-hmm. for you about yoga. We on this show a lot of people talk about yoga and I always picture I have a friend who always says, I hate yoga. I hate yoga. I don't want to go to yoga. And I tell her it's because you can't bear stillness. You have to learn to bear stillness and to be quiet with yourself. Um how does yoga serve your recovery? Mm. Wow, I mean you nailed it right there. Um <laughs> It's, it can be deeply triggering at times because there is no escape, especially if you have a good teacher who is asking you to stay present to what you're experiencing in that moment. And just the act of being present is really uncomfortable. You know, it's hard being a human. It's hard. It's hard just being. So throw some disorders that you're trying to avoid into the mix, and yoga can be deeply confronting. How does it serve you? I think it trains the capacity to tolerate discomfort. Mm. 
Hmm. And so the greater our capacity to sit with the pain, the greater our ability to go through it and get to the other side. And it, it, that's a, I've never heard anyone describe it that way um, because the pain isn't necessarily physical pain, is it? It's, it's being present in your own body can be uncomfortable for someone who dislikes their body or dislikes themselves. Is that the kind of pain you're talking about? Yes, mental, emotional pain, and it manifests as physical pain too. You know, you might, someone might say, oh, my knee, my knee, I can't sit still because of my knee. And you know, really, it's not your knee. Mm. We can prop your knee up so you'll be okay. You can't sit still because it's it's hurting you inside. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. It also, the other way that yoga works, I'll just add this in quickly, Mm -hmm. it also allows the person to have space to just be themselves too. You know, if you just need to show up and cry on the mat, like that is so okay. Also, I did that for like four years. That was my (laughs) That's funny. Glennon Doyle Melton describes that too in, I think it's Love Warrior, where she just talks about like walking into yoga, getting stuck in a hot yoga room that she couldn't leave and just, just being on her mat crying. And that was exactly where she needed to be. Um, Yes. It's so true. And you know what else, as a person myself that has anxiety, what I really love about yoga is that, um, or I'm, I'm quite hooked on being a good girl and always trying to do the right thing. And first of all, in yoga, the right thing is as far as your body wants to go into a pose, not to the very farthest end of it. So if someone else has their foot over their head and you can only get your foot an inch off the floor, then that is the right place for you to be. And I love that someone else is telling me what to do for that hour, like breathe in and reach up, breathe out and reach down. And it's such a relief for my mind to not Mm -hmm. have to, like to someone else just drives the bus for an hour and all I have to do is just honor my body by following. And it's such a relief from the noise and the expectations and everything. So, yeah, yoga gets a big heart around it for me because mm. I I thought I didn't like yoga either. I thought I needed movement and busyness and discomfort. And yeah, I love yoga. Well, Yvette, let's move on to you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your experience in recovery. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm in the traditional form of recovery, and if we were in the same room, you would see me do air quotes, Um, (laughs) in the sense of, uh, you know, the stigma that surrounds addiction. Um, I've never gone to treatment. I've never never considered myself addicted to drugs or alcohol, Uh, but there was always this search for more that I sought out and, and was never, like, when I did things, whether that be, you know, going out and partying or seeking out the next adventure, dropping everything and getting on a plane to fly somewhere because I wanted to fill this void that I didn't even know at the time existed. I just thought I was carefree and wanted to experience life. But rather, I was covering up so much that I never even knew until I was actually pretty recently. And it's funny listening to you guys, and I was just in therapy yesterday, and I 
literally told my therapist, uh, like I felt like I was going in circles for so long, just round and round beating my head against the wall, and I never actually knew what was there. And now I know all of the, I don't know all of the answers. I am able to come up with enough questions to um, ask myself um, to get to the other side. But now it's no longer this circle, it's this web. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's like, it's this continued journey that I've been going through and it's amazing and it's also scary. And um, I no longer, for the longest time I suffered from severe anxiety where I'd get panic attacks and would feel like I was going to faint and actually a couple of times have. Um, but, you know, and Nuria said it, it, the knee, I have an issue with the knee or for me, it was my left shoulder. And, uh, I'd have this pain and I had, was in this relationship for six years and the, the pain had a, had a name. It's called the spot. And when the spot would start hurting, that means that something was off. And I didn't know that at the time. And now when this, it, and the pain still exists, it's this trigger point in me. I no longer go just to acupuncture or go, you know, get a massage or, um, even even take a yoga class. Like sometimes that actually is really good for me just to sort of, like Mary said, just sit on the mat. But I now know when this pain triggers, there's something else going on. So I need to look at it. Um, was that spot, was it always in the same place in your body or did it move Oh, my around? gosh. Yeah. No, it, it, it's this um, left shoulder, just upper trap, kind of shoots down and up my neck um Mm -hmm. and it's a trigger point and Mm -hmm. it's interesting how now I'm able to feel that and know what that means and yes it it probably is a lot of tension and it's because I hold not only do I hold my stress there but it's like muscles trying to really work hard into helping you when actually they're just overworking and I need to just let them be free and say it's okay, you know, I got this or I can help you. And that's, I think, one of the biggest other components uh, that I've been going through with my recovery is allowing for help. Um, I felt like I could do it all and I didn't need anyone and I was independent and um, I can travel around the world and do everything that I wanted, and I didn't need anyone around me. Um, so there's there's so many forms of uh, of things that I've been recovering from, um, but primarily I would say that it all sort of surfaces and boils down to the, the triggering thing would be anxiety for me. I wonder if you felt any shame around asking for help. Um, Brene Brown talks about shame identities and how we learn as children, you know, what, what other people think is shameful is what we sort of absorb as truth. And so I think a lot of us felt like asking for help, whether it was to get sober or to go to therapy or anything was a shameful thing. And that was for weak people. And you use the word strong, you know, I'm strong. I don't need that. Did you have to break down some barriers in your mind in order to reach for help? Um, I think that it, it was ever since I was a child, I could remember um, I had to build up the courage to ask for help. And 
when I didn't get it in the way that I wanted or the time frame that I wanted, I would just walk away and say, fine, I can do it on my own. Mm. And so as an adult, to push back that expectation of needing someone to help me in that very moment because they also have a choice. Uh, but to know that my people around me and I have an amazing community and um, it, knowing that they will be there in their own way. And yes, it, it was, it is and has been very difficult for me to ask for help and accept it because I can easily say, you know, oh, can you, I don't know, something as little as take out the dishes. But for, for years it was, can you help me take out the dishes? Oh, you're not doing it right now? Oh, you know what, I can just do it. Don't worry about it. Right. Um, so I think it's like there's this bit of patience within me uh, to not need the help right away and to know that it is going to be there. Um, I don't necessarily know that it has to. But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it actually does tie into the shame um, because there's that, that point in which I would ask for help and then it wouldn't be at that very moment. So then I drop off and say, fine, I can do it. Right. And do you um, think it really is about picking up the dishes or is it, can you hear me? Can you anticipate my needs? Can you oh, feel my needs? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Do you love me? Right. Do you yeah. love me? Oh. Am I worthy? No? Yeah. Okay, good. I'll just oh, look yeah. after myself. I don't need anybody. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. I got this. <laughs> you mentioned the search for more and filling the void, and I feel like that's really something that would resonate with our listeners, um, no matter what stage in or out of recovery they may find themselves. And we've talked a lot about women this morning, but we have men that listen as well. And um, I think filling the void or the search for more, that is the heart of of any maladaptive coping skill, be it addiction or um, eating behaviors or um, acting out sexually or gambling or being codependent or, you know, whatever um, coping skill we're using to try to soothe our pain, it really does come down to having kind of an empty spot in it. And I've toyed with the idea of writing a book with a provocative title, What's in Your Hole? (laughs) <laughs> it's like we we dump things in there trying to fill it up and and uh and it doesn't work um because really what that hole is it's not actually in my opinion not always a hole it's that we've built up walls that create the appearance of a hole you know inside it but it's really about eroding the walls versus filling that hole and yeah well, I, I'm how do you experience that now? Well, what does that look like for you? I'm, to take it a step back, though, it's so easily accepted now because of Western culture of take a pill and you'll be fine. Go mm. do this and you'll be fine. Oh, you don't, you know, you want this thing? Oh, go shopping. You're stressed out, you know. I mean, you you see Instagram photos of moms who just had babies and they're like, one for the baby, one for me, and it's like a glass of wine. And the bottle for the baby, and it's just I'm so stressed out. I'm gonna have this wine, and it, and there was this constant battle for me of feeling like I needed some things, and I and the thing was is I thought that I was taking care of myself because I was going to acupuncture and yoga and massage and going out and buying things for myself. But really, for me, what it looks like today is actually taking a step back and not doing those things. And yes, I, I'm not going to say that I don't do them because I absolutely do. <laughs> um, 
but it's really assessing and to seeing, do I need that or am I trying to fill something? Am I trying mm-hmm. to feel good for a second because the thing with me and the pain in my shoulder, it would, it would, be, it would feel great for that hour or 90 minutes while I was in a massage. And then the next day it would surely come right back up. Um, and things like yoga actually, and Nuria looks and vouches for the longest time. It wasn't enough. I was like, this isn't active enough. I need to go to the gym and lift weights and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so to take a, like a restorative class for Yvette is huge. Like I need to do that because I'm so active. And, uh, whereas versus like the really strong, hot vinyasa classes, I, would just power through them and I wouldn't actually be sitting with myself. Right. You might come out of that with more pain versus less. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious about the idea. I I often hear the term issues in our tissues. Nuria, is that something that you identify with as a yoga instructor? And like, what do, what do you think is going on when Yvette talks about the spot that she had? Um. Issues in our tissues. That's funny. I like that. Mm -hmm. I think (laughs) the body has this incredible way to, incredible way of um, helping us survive. And one way it does that is by absorbing or storing for us that which our, our mind and heart cannot handle yet. And it does manifest as pain. Uh, or sickness. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, had another thought, too, but it disappeared, so maybe it'll come back. <laughs> oh, I hope it does. Um, <laughs> whenever we do hip openers in the classes that I go to, you know, they mention that, like, a, a lot of your, a lot of your um, tension in your body is stored in your hips, And opening up the hips can sometimes release some of, like you say, like just some of that stuff you weren't ready to handle when it happened. And so sometimes when you're laying there, you know, in a, in a, maybe on your back with your, um, a leg open with a wrap or something and releasing some of that hip tension, sometimes you can even have like emotions that'll come up out of nowhere or a vision of something that happened that like you haven't thought of in a while. And, and, um, you know, I've heard, like, just let that go. That's just, just coming out. Like, it's that issue in your tissue is literally just kind of releasing. It sounds so kooky, but I've definitely had that experience, and it's so freeing. So, yeah, the body is amazing and frustrating and wonderful. Mm. Ah, I remembered what I was going to say. Oh, good. Um, yes, so our body has, it doesn't have a lot of ways of talking to us. But one of the primary ways it has of communicating is with pain. And um, in America or in the West, we have very few words for pain. We really just have one. It's pain. (laughs) But in Sanskrit, um, there's many different kinds of words for pain to describe the different kinds of pain that we experience. And I bring this up because your body's pain, it's a certain kind of pain, as Yvette is noticing, that is trying to communicate with her that there is something she needs to look at different from the pain of putting your hand in a fire for example that's a signal (laughs) danger avoid this pain and so some people go their whole lives with their only understanding of pain is to avoid it at all costs when really developing a relationship with it getting to know the different kinds of pain languaging them such as the pain in the hip 
coming out indicating that there's a, a deeper level of understanding that is available should you choose to look at that pain. That is fascinating. Could you describe mm-hmm. what some of those different Sanskrit words refer to? I mean, in the absence of words for them in our language, could you can you kind of give us more of an idea of what how they yeah. describe? There's like the emotional pain of the well, emotional pain, um, the pain of like biologically hardwired for survival pain, putting your hand in the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, the discomfort or the pain that comes with growth. So if you think about a little plant, it it has to burst through the earth and grow towards the sun. And it's actually kind of a violent, painful experience. So growth also has pain. So those would be three different kinds. Okay, that's amazing. That's a that Isn't is that interesting. Yeah, food for thought. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'll be thinking about this all day today. But let's move on and let's talk about echo recovery. Yvette, tell me about how this project came to life and what is it? Uh, well, it came to life. Uh, Mary and I actually have been best friends for almost 10 years now. And her and I knew that we wanted to do something together. And I was actually in China years ago uh, and her and I were like, oh, I don't know, what are we going to do? And uh, we started throwing around this idea of a box subscription company uh, and we knew that we wanted to do wellness and we knew that we knew that it wanted to be in this space and through, co- through conversations, uh, <laughs> even her thinking of coming out to China uh, and uh, starting a yoga wellness studio there, <laughs> um, evolved into creating... A, what we didn't know at the time was um, a ritual-based holistic box that touched on the mind, body, spirit. And we had subscribed to other box subscription companies and knew that we didn't just want to send junk. Uh, mm-hmm. We wanted to really teach people how to use the items in the box. And, um, and we wanted to help people, really. Um, and so we played around with these ideas and actually it was through connecting with a recovery center in Santa Barbara that we decided we are going to solely focus on recovery Um, because we felt that there was a need and uh, we wanted to, you know, supply life and lessons and give people opportunities to grow for themselves. Um, And we really wanted to be a part of that. Uh, we didn't want to be a part of let's just send people things that you're never going to use or know how to use and just fill your junk drawer up. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's every day we're learning. And I would say that actually the She Recovers conference really geared us into the direction that we're in, we're now in, um, where we have a stable foundation and we we have a solid understanding as to who we are in the community. So the the website is Eka Recovery, E-K-K-A Recovery.com. And um, I mention that because if I'm listening to a podcast and something spikes my interest, I immediately start Googling it. So our listeners may very well <laughs> want to look at that as you're speaking. And I'll also uh, mention that 
there is a special discount for Bubble Hour listeners, 25% off your first subscription box. And the discount is Bubble Hour in the uh, discount code box. So that is a very nice little gift for us. And thank you for that. Um, what does the word Eka mean? <clears throat> Eka means one um, in Sanskrit. We added an extra K because we think it looks pretty. <laughs> and um, it's part of our core values, this concept of one oneness, that we have one body, one life, one community, one planet. And really swinging back to where you talked about the walls versus the whole, that it is through connection that we recover, that we recover together. I love it. That is true. That's the most important component. And so many people are try to get sober on their own. I don't need any help. Thank you very much. Just like Yvette, you know, I've got this. I'm strong. <laughs> and, you know, you can, you can actually, you can get sober that way, or you can, you might be able to control, I'm using air quotes, control your eating behaviors or whatever you're recovering from. You might be able to put control on it, but the recovery and the healing really is amplified when you connect with other people and join that one. Um, so I love that you chose that as your name. And so you were so kind to send me one of these boxes so that I could get an idea of what it was all about. And I opened it uh, in a Facebook Live. So if you go to Bubble Hour or Unpickled's Facebook page or even unpickledblog.com, you can see that live opening and get an idea of the kinds of things that are in there. But what I didn't really realize until uh, after I did the live opening, because I was vain enough not to wear my glasses, (laughs) so I couldn't read, you know, some of the printed material that came with it. Um, so just to supplement that video, let it be known that in addition to all the beautiful items that were in that box, there was really a lot of instruction on how to create ritual around using them because that, as you say, is the most important part. It's not about just getting stuff. It's about implementing it and creating ritual that helps support your recovery. So Yvette, can you talk a little bit about that and about what, what that would mean to people that receive this? Yeah, so we touch on the mind, body, spirit. Uh, So within the box, you will always receive something that you can put on your body, like a facial refreshing spray, um, lotion. Um, You will also receive something that you can eat, um, some sort of yummy chocolate, and everything is um, organic. Uh, We try to create things, have the items in the box that are vegan, um, but it's all things that are really healthy. Um, even if it is a chocolate, it's not going to be, you know, some sort of Hershey's bar. And it's, for the most part, local. So I live in Portland, Oregon. Um, Noria lives in Santa Barbara. We try to get items that are all, either have been produced from someone that's in the recovery space or a small, you know, um, husband and wife. I actually have gone to many people's houses to pick up the items and that's the family, <laughs> which has been really fun. Um, so you can, you're going to get something that you can eat. Um, you're going to get some sort of internal supplement or superfood that is geared towards whatever the theme of the box is. So all of our boxes are themed. So we have things like an anxiety box. So everything inside the anxiety box is going to work to help with anxiety. Along with a superfood or supplement, you're going to get some sort of affirmation piece. Uh, We work 
uh, with Liz Bruno, who um, owns Soul Stamps. So one of our past boxes, we had Soul Stamps um, in the box um, where we had some sort of um, mantra band or you know some a book or a journal, and we also give you prompts if we're giving you a journal. How are you going to write in that journal? What sort of questions do you ask? So um, we create a ritual card for you. Uh, the ritual card on one side gives you all of the products, how it's going to benefit you and how it's going to help you with that theme that we've created for you along with the ritual. So we're going to say you should use products one, two, three, and it'll give you this. Um, and, yeah. and then Nuria does a really great job. We had um, a, a lacrosse ball that we put inside one of our boxes, and she went on to Instagram Live and um, posted about you know, how to use the box or how to use the ball. Um, so we're always trying to give you guys informational pieces along with the box, even outside of receiving that first um, first box. So the lacrosse ball wouldn't be for throwing at the head of someone who's irritating you. It would be for rolling on your I'm... muscles to work them out. Right? <laughs> Just to be clear, although we maybe... don't promote that. <laughs> Sometimes but you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I love that. You mentioned Soul Stamps. Um, that is a temporary tattoo company that um, provides sort of inspiring temporary tattoos, So for which are really fun. I mean, a lot of people get um, tattoos to kind of remind them of the recovery or to celebrate a milestone or something, but the temporary ones are really neat because they can kind of help you encourage to get through what you're going through right now, right? And um, I, I think those are super cool. So I'm just curious, what kind of response have you gotten? What feedback have you gotten from users? And how has that sort of honed um, the, the project and what you're sending out to people? And how has that um, affected your decisions? Nuria, you want to tell me about that? Yeah. And I just want to add a little bit about the ritual also. Um, so one reason we decided to do a ritual-based box is because we really want our members to start creating new habits around self-care. And so as you come out, you know, of the destructive habits, and there's this void that needs to be refilled with new positive habits that reinforce recovery. And we found that a lot of people didn't really know how to do that. And mm. so all our rituals, they're just, habits imbued with meaning like brushing your teeth is a ritual and so we'll create a ritual around um, sleep that helps promote proper sleep instead of trolling on your phone you know looking at ex-boyfriends we would have like a cup of tea that has sleep inducing qualities in it maybe a lavender eye pillow um, and then a recorded meditation so that is kind of the thinking behind the rituals and it actually helps create some new neural pathways in the brain. So really rebuilding the, the mind, body, spirit to support recovery. Okay. And our response has been awesome. Really, really awesome. Um, we get the most beautiful emails from our members that say things like I got my box and it felt like I got a warm hug in the mail. It's Aww. really powerful. I know. Love that. That's true. That is exactly how it felt, too. And, you know, I, in fact, it arrived and I, like, kept it for a day before I opened it. Because, <laughs> like, I, like I, you know, I was just anticipating it. And, yeah, it's a really lovely idea. And that, tell me how it works, then, um, for people that are interested in, in signing up. 
Yeah. Um, well, do you want to answer that one, Yvette? Sure. So you um, open up a web browser, whether that be on your phone or on the computer, and you head to ekkarecovery.com. That's E-K-K-A recovery.com. And then you go to our sign-up page, um, and you're going to sign up. It's a monthly subscription box, so that means that you're going to get a box every single month um, along with, like I said, tutorials. We're going to connect you um, with a blog that explains some of the items in the box. If it needs more explanation outside of the ritual card um, or the cue card is what we call it. And you'll receive your box um, the second third week of the month. Actually, the third week is what we just recently, we just did a new schedule. So uh, the third week of the month. And um, yeah, every month you'll receive a new box. It's going to have your cue card in it and along with five to seven items. So the box is $44.95. And as we mentioned, we're going to be giving 25% off for your first box. And the discount code is bubble hour. Um, And yeah, it's a really Cancel any time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we also have gift boxes. So we have a 3, 6, and 12 box. So it's a really great gift for someone, whether they are just going. I have a friend, actually, who she's like, can I sign up for my friend? She just lost a dad, just got out of a marriage. Um, and she's like, I, this sounds like a perfect gift for her. I love so that. So that is an option as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a great gift, yeah. And, for, and so it's not just for people that are um, uh, in sobriety or in any specific pathway. It's really anyone that just wants to support self-care, right? Love mm-hmm. that. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. I'm curious for each of you, and I'll start with you, how does this strengthen your own recovery? Because we know that mm. service helps, helping others helps our own recovery. This is a business. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, there is a business aspect to it, but mm-hmm. I know that both of you really have a heart for other people. So tell me how that supports your own recovery. Mm. I mean, outside of the things that we put in the box are things that Nuri and I use and value. We're not just going to fill things with um, stuff that we wouldn't actually put in our own bodies. Um, so it's funny, actually, the other day. So I, I have a full-time job, and I also um, have this business. And I recently moved apartments, two different apartments, and stress was filling up quite a bit. And I was uh, talking to a friend, and I was just talking about everything. And he's like, well, you know, it's okay. Just use Eka. And it was sort of this light bulb where, you know, I deliver – these boxes to people and I, you know, promote self-care and it's absolutely what I needed. I needed to take a step back and I needed to assess what was going on and first off, know that I'm going to be okay. And secondly, assess what I needed in that moment to help me get through what seemed like a very stressful, what was actually a very stressful time. Um, Mm -hmm. And for me, that meant that I actually did go to a yoga class and I woke up really early and I went and got a smoothie and then I, you know, like got my yoga clothes on, got my mat, got my smoothie, drove to yoga, sat outside for a bit. I also had a coffee in my hand, just sort of took a deep breath and went into yoga class and that was what I needed. Hmm. And that's what we So heal thyself, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's just really like, 
I, I think that we try to, what we're trying to do is to give people the tools to learn what they need. We're not saying that you have to use the ritual in the way that we're giving it, but we're giving you ideas to take the rituals and create your own out of them, create these new habits. So when these deep, you know, um, anxiety-driven, stress-driven moments happen in your life, you can take a bit of echo with you and know that, one, you'll be okay, and two, assess what's going on. So then you can use the tools that you already have, be that in the box or in your own life, and create your own mini ritual. Maria, for you, do you find that helping others helps you, that because you know that that um, this, this project and this business is a service to other people, do you find that it circles back in other ways? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we pack all the boxes by hand, and um, it's like this like laborious labor of love. <laughs> and we really have to <laughs> put aside whatever it is that is both Yvette and I both still struggle, you know, on a daily basis. Life is hard. Um, put that aside and come together at a much higher level to create these boxes and fill them with like love and intention so that that is what our members experience when they open them. And, in doing so, it fills us up so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. We actually have a packing party, Jean, and um, <laughs> my, I live in, like I mentioned, I live in Portland, Oregon, so I text my friends, and I'm like, Eka packing party, who wants to come? And, um, and now my friends, same group of people, I love them so much, they will read off the cards, like, oh, this is for, you know, Sarah, who, where's Sarah's box? And so, because we write handwritten notes as well, and it's literally you have this box and you seal it and you hold it, and it's with this intention that I want to deliver the boxes. You know, and wow, you will be okay. You, are I loved. love that. Here so it's not go. just like some assembly line that's like slap a sticker on it and stick it in the mail. Like you're literally sending it with love, with intention mm-hmm. for that person. Oh yeah. Oh, chaos. A lot of chaos, but love. A lot of love. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for sharing your stories and telling us about Echo Recovery. And I just wonder if either of you has any final thoughts for our listeners or, you know, a, a wish for anyone that's listening that's struggling with that own void in themselves or trying to figure out how to heal. Any words of wisdom or final thoughts, Maria? Um, yeah, I would just wish that all Bubble Hour listeners just take the time to really look after themselves today and every day, but start with today and be curious in your life about what are the messages from the body and how can you create some rituals of self-care today? Oh, thank you. Yvette, final thoughts? Um, I just actually wanted to quickly say that Mary and I have been friends for, like I said, 10 years, and there's something about that that has really helped my recovery. And we mentioned, you know, having to have that community, having the community out there. So one thing that I'd like to throw out there is connect with someone. Give Mm -hmm. someone a hug. Whether it's a stranger on the street and you just give them this random high five or you say hello, Connecting with those people around you are really going to help. And it feels 
so good to just say hello to a random stranger and have a conversation if you want, you know, or connect with someone that you haven't been connected to in a long time, pick up the phone, because it is so deep into the reason of why I've recovered from so much. Um, yeah. Thank oh. you guys for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. And that those are great words from both of you. Thank you so much. Listeners, if you want to uh, learn more about Yvette and Maria, both of you have um, your stories are on your website, correct? Um, so mm-hmm. listeners can go to com and learn more about you and learn more about the subscription boxes that we're talking about. Again, the the discount code is bubble hour for 25% off the first box. And again, thank you for, for gifting that to us. We really appreciate it. And um, uh, also um, I believe there's contact. They can contact you through your website as well. Can't they, if they want to send you a message or let you know if what they heard today um, touched mm-hmm. them or if they have more questions, are they able to contact you through the website? Yeah, there's a contact form on the website. We personally reply to all emails. Um, and just in case you did want to gift a box to a friend, we're more than happy to extend that discount. So just email us um, and we'll take care of you. That's fantastic. And, of, of course, um, listeners, if you also want, you can email thebubblehour at gmail.com with any feedback to the show. And I'll make sure that Yvette and Naria re, uh, get that message if you'd like as well. So uh, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your story. And as I said, I really do feel like we are living in a pivotal, enormously um, powerful time of change for recovery and for healing and connecting. Um, The Internet has brought us together in ways that no one imagined. And, um, you know, uh, years ago when when, – AA was just getting started and that whole movement was trying to create change and structure around helping people. I don't think anyone ever could have imagined the possibilities that um, exist for us right now. So um, I just, I think it's phenomenal and I'm really excited to, to just talk about the different ways that we connect. So thank you for coming on to share the story <clears throat> of Echo Recovery and, um, and of yourselves. Thank you you so much. much. Great to be here. All right, thank you, listeners. This is the Bubble Hour, and uh, you will find us at BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/BubbleHour. Of course, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We are syndicated, so you should be able to search us and subscribe, so that we come right into your inbox, so you can listen on the go. And uh, I thank you for being with us today, and I wish everyone. All the best. So until next time, take good care. I own it. I did that. Not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses. I just want to be free.